Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been speaking to the new head coaches in NBL 22. Chase Buford in Sydney, James Duncan in Brisbane. We spoke to CJ Bruton from Adelaide and Adam Ford in Cairns. And today it's Scott Roth in Tasmania, a man with decades and decades of experience at the highest levels of basketball all around the world, NBA, Europe, international ball, of course, the NBL, and now taken on the challenge of leading the Jack Jumpers into their inaugural season. Coach, welcome, mate. Good to see you. Great to be with you and uh, excited about the conversation we're going to have. How you have lived in a lot of places over the journey. How are you enjoying Tassie? You know, Australia in general has been awesome since the first day I got here, just obviously landing in Perth and being there and then seeing the league from that aspect. But everywhere you go, it's beautiful. And Tasmania is no different. Uh, it's a great state. Um, you know, everyone kind of got me a little nervous about it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. But really, it's actually fairly mild for someone like myself who went to University of Wisconsin and grew up in the Midwest where the snow's above your head. <laughs> so it's actually not been that bad. Uh, it's a great Great place. Uh, Hobart's been wonderful. The entire state, I've traveled up and down every weekend just about trying to create um, some vibe and find out what's going around the state. And it's got a beautiful landscape and just, um, I think it's a foodie's dream, a bucket list kind of place to go. And, and I'm excited to be here. Are you an outdoors man? You've been doing some hiking? I'm outdoors. I'm actually hopefully going this weekend if it doesn't rain, uh, fishing uh, up in the Great Lakes there. So uh, I definitely like being out and about and going on walks. And, and, and this is obviously heaven for that. You guys have a head start on the rest of the competition. You're the only team in the NBL right now that has your entire roster, not just set in place, but out of quarantine and actually out there on the floor. How's that all going? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling, you know, to think months ago that we had nothing and Last night, Josh Majette lands in Hobart and completes our 15-man roster. And this morning, I had my first um, group session with all of them standing there before me. And it's, it's kind of surreal to go through this whole process. It's been a unique deal for me. Uh, um, I had some expectations, but it over-exceeded them in a lot of areas. There's a lot of ups and downs and monumental things during the course of this time. But uh, this morning, to have all 15 standing in front of you that you've handpicked uh, was really a thrill for me. Uh, let's let's pause there in the timeline and and go back into what you were t- talking about there. What what were your expectations about this journey from the time of signing on? You thought, okay, I'm going to sign on and be the head coach of an expansion franchise. To this point, constructing the roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been through it, and, and as a player, I was on the expansion team with the Minnesota Timberwolves, so uh, I got picked in the expansion draft from San Antonio to Minnesota. So I saw it from a player standpoint. And then Tom Thibodeau hired me to create the culture in Iowa when they ended up buying the G League team there and kind of started that from scratch. This has been a little bit of a different animal at the end of the day because, you know, you have kind of everything you need in those situations as a player and then going over there with the NBA money and everything behind it. And literally here we were buying pens, papers, envelopes, uh, things that you just would not think about during the course of the time of setting up a team that you just assume was already there. Uh, you know, the office I'm sitting in was built uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, just, you know, doctor interviews, finding knee specialists, finding physios, finding a dentist that I just went to yesterday. All these different things that you think about that are basketball related, but not on the court. 
Um, it spent about three or four months just doing all that to, to get us up and running and then try to find some players in the process. So um, it was a little bigger than I thought it would be, uh, but it's been exciting. It's kept me very, very busy. And every day you wake up, it's a first. Everything we do is a first and it's exciting times. Uh, you spoke about the uh, the ups and downs over that course of that period of time as well. What what was what was one of your the big wins you guys have had so far? You're zero and zero historically in a win loss record, but you've had some wins along the way yeah. already. And and what was one of the kind of punch the desk moments to say, damn it, we nearly had that, or it didn't go the yeah, way we wanted? I think you know one thing with me, I, I, my history has been in the NBA is that I'm pretty well connected with players. I get along with them. I, I just have a good connection with players. And, you know, it's obviously been written about Nick Kay and, and Mitch Norton and going down the path with them. And, and, you know, I love those guys. I love the Perth culture and everything about it over there. And so it was very sentimental to me to go and try to recruit some of those guys to leave. You know, obviously Clint Stein left. We got Magne out of there, Jared Barristow. But, um, you know, to try to get a Nick Kay at that level to come here and even consider us and get down to the finals with him. And in the last minute, he decides to go to Japan. And then there's a whole process with the Mitch Norton story. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we were very, very, very close to having him here. And he chose to, to go a different route. But those were emotional times for me. I'm, I'm an emotional guy in general. I, I love players. I love that environment. That's what I am at the end of the day. I'm a player first and a coach second. And to have those connections with them. And it was a very emotional process for me to, when they finally said, you know, they're not coming um, because there was a lot of roller coasters during the time of we have him, we don't have him, he's in, he might be in. And uh, it was difficult. Yeah. It's I, that I imagine it's kind of like a lot of people experience when they're house hunting and they get that they fall in love with the house, right. they put in their application or they're in the, the auction process and they, they actually start to picture themselves living in that in that house. I imagine it's very similar for you in that regard, where you start to picture what this team is going to look like built around a guy like Nick Kay or with a guy like Mitch Norton running the show. Yeah, I think, you know, too, the, the biggest thing with me is I was putting this team together was I was trying to get humble and hungry guys. Uh, that's kind of been my motto down here. Uh, I wanted culture guys right off the bat that would – uh, just be about the team and about building this and really wanted to be in Tasmania. And obviously the guys in Perth, uh, the bloodlines and the tradition they've had for 35 years and the people that have been there, what better way to start it with some of those kind of guys that would be here to carry that on. And so um, foremost for me was just finding high character guys. And, and you're always going to want guys that you're familiar with. I don't have a big uh, knowledge of everyone in the league as far as personalities. I had to rely on like Amika Bacona to get me information on guys. I knew who I liked. I just didn't know about them. And the Perth guys were the easiest ones to know the most about. Uh, when you in a locker room and you laugh and you cry and you win a championship, you know, you really know what these guys are about. And so um, character was the number one thing. And obviously Mitch and, and Nick Kay are high character guys. What about, what, what was one of the moments where you and Simon Brookhouse high-fived in front of the whiteboard after you got yeah. off the phone, you know, like there's teams, I think when, when Melbourne got Daly over the line or when, when yeah. Southeast Melbourne got Joe Chi over the line recently, when yeah. Perth got Vic Law over the line, did you have one of those moments this off season? You know, to be honest with you, we had 15 of them. Because <laughs> you just don't know really at the end of the day, you have your heart set on X amount of guys. And the good thing was, you know, of the eight locals, 
I probably only had 12 guys that I really was looking at at the end of the day. It wasn't a big batch. And to get eight of those 12 that I wanted, um, every time we signed one was a high five to me, you know, to get a well magne who everyone wanted, that has all the potential in the world to get back to the NBA or get to a higher level um, was a huge signing to get a Josh Adams to take less money and, and leave the fame and stardom that he's been having over in Europe and where he's been playing. It's a huge get for us. And, you have that emotional roller coaster with these guys because at the end of the day, you just you just don't know if they're going to come to Tasmania. I mean, I'm selling nothing at the end of the day other than myself, the state, and what the potential could possibly be here. And that's a difficult process. You know, they asked me during the process, well, how are we going to play? I don't know. I don't know who's coming. I have an idea what's happening, but I, I don't know who's coming. I, you know, so I had a lot of tough questions to navigate with guys to understand that you're coming here because you want to build something. You have a cultural situation here that you can impact for years to come. You have a chance to make a stamp on something that's so unique. And so I tried to sell them on that vision of being Tasmanian, what it means to be here, being in the brand new arena with a great owner, obviously Castleman, uh, Larry owning the team was a huge bonus for us to give us the resources. But at the end of the day was, I need people that want to be in Tasmania. Uh, and there's only a few of them that really, to me, automatically fit the bill of a blue collar tough kind of minded people that there's a little bit of an underdog maybe here um on the island and um we needed the right kind of guys and high character guys uh you've had some of them on the floor for a little while now doing some some work who this is we get excited about who's kind of looking particularly good at this point jack mcveigh 12 months ago told me that he had his most improved player award speech written well i think he's kept that in his pocket for yeah. now, but I'm wondering how he's looking. Will Magne, we're excited about the possibility of maybe a bounce back campaign from him. How, how are the guys looking? Yeah, on I think in general, everyone's doing very well. Obviously, they're all getting acclimated. And, um, you know, Jack's been um, Mr. Happy, basically, at the end of the day. Everywhere he goes, if people love him around here. He'll be a fan favorite. Uh, he's been uh, very steady and very good. You know, I sold Jack on, on playing the four this year. Uh, not playing the three, but be a four B the young Jesse Wagstaff of the NBL to be able to just fit a role, uh, win, uh, be consistent in what you're doing and, and, and buy into spacing the floor and doing the easy things for us. Uh, Magne is probably six to eight weeks away from actually playing. He just started last week running. Uh, so he's in great form. He's lost some weight. He's getting much stronger up above, but he's back down to what I wanted him to be, which was, active running, dunking, putting pressure on the rim like he was in Brisbane. That's how he made his name. That's how I first saw him when I started to sell him to the NBA a year and a half ago to my friends. And that's what I want him to do here, keep his game simple. I promised him I'd get a great guard, and I got one, and Josh Majet, who will be facilitating a lot of lob dunks to him I see in the future. Um, and the other guys, Josh Adams, has been fantastic here. Um, He's going to be something to watch this year. I think he's going to be one of the most exciting players in the league at the end of the day. And then Nikita just came in and he's done a few things already. This kind of shake your head and like, wow, this kid's only 20 years old and it's pretty darn good. So we have a versatile group of guys. They're all working hard. And um, yeah, we're very excited about where we're going. You talked about winning before. Yeah. Very few expansion teams in the NBL have yeah. made the finals in year one. None of the teams currently the nine other teams in the league ever ever did that you spoke about your experience at minnesota iowa in their first year as the the g league affiliate of minnesota um 
at elite levels, it's difficult to win consistently at the best of times. What do you think makes it so hard to do that in year one as an expansion team? Yeah, you know, I've been cautious in some areas and not so cautious in others. And I want to win a championship. I've, I say it almost every single day that I come here when I speak to the guys and I want to win one this year. Um, if you're in professional sports, uh, to me, there's only one thing at the end of the day is trying to win a championship. Yes, we want to build a foundation and progress, but uh, why not us? We have the facilities. We have a $65 million renovation of a new arena. We have uh, all the assets we need. We have a great coaching staff and, and Jacob Chance from Perth and, and Mark Radford, who's a legend here in Tasmania, and Jack Fleming. Uh, I have great uh, physios and, and strength and conditioning coaches, and I hope that um, they feel like they have everything they need to compete. I think the biggest thing is chemistry at the end of the day. It's 15 new players trying to get into a mix and find some common ground of how we're going to play. That's difficult for any team. But again, why not us? Why, why can it not be done? Uh, no one's given me a really good answer. And I think we have enough guys that I've chose that have a little bit of a competitive edge that want to prove something that maybe have been disregarded or looking for a new life, a new start. And that was one of the things I was also looking at. I think um, the NBL is a unique situation because there's only 10 teams now and the pool is very small. And all it takes is a maneuver here or there to get the right kind of guy to maybe find a Bryce Cotton or to get the next kind of Sobe or to get Magnate back to where he's playing. There's a lot of very good players that can just turn the knob just enough. And um, the other thing I've been preaching here is defense. It's been obviously recorded in the last X amount of years that the, the teams that are winning are at the top defensively. There's always an outlier. But uh, you have to play defense, and that's been very clearly made to them from day one that you will not be on the floor with me if you cannot defend and guard your yard and keep guys in front of you. Um, and that will be kind of our MO moving forward. You know, I think you have to have some humble pie along the way. I, I always mentioned that, you know, the first year with Southeast when I came in, uh, they lost 17 of the last 19 games with a pretty talented roster. And this league can be very humbling very quickly because there's a lot of good coaches and there's a lot of good players. And I think you just have to have some steadiness, a defensive mindset. And again, why not us? We, we have everything here. Uh, we have good players. We have depth. I think it's just one of those things. If you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and you handle it the right way, who knows? Fair, fair. I, um, one of the things I think that's been impressive about Southeast Melbourne is making the finals in yeah. year two. I spoke about how hard it is to do in year one. While you're shooting for the stars, I'll yeah. be I'll be out there kind of keeping yeah. the public expectations low because it is it is hard to do. Yeah. But but only one team can win that championship. It's this is a question I've been asking of, of people recently, and I'm really interested to see what what your response is going to be. What what do you think success? for the Jack jumpers in year one in your eyes will look like? Yeah, I think, you know, for me personally, um, I'm going to have this conversation very shortly next week when we have our first team meeting, but you know, to be honest with me, successful will be for me when I look at Josh Adams in his eyes and I know he's falling back in love with playing basketball again. He was very close to not playing again. Successful for me is going to be when Magne gets a double double and we win a game and he spent the last four months rehabbing and there's a smile on his face. It's me when uh, Fab walks onto the floor with swagger and confidence that he's a good player and that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. It's success for me when Sam McDaniels can come on the floor and expand his game with us and 
be more than just a, a defender or maybe improve his game, maybe become a boomer. Those little things to me are personal things that I take value in trying to impress upon them that, yeah, I want to win. I'm not completely crazy that it, it's very hard to do. But for me personally, um, it's all about them. And I want to see them love what they're doing, enjoy playing here, love this state, uh, love to compete. And at the end of the day, I just want to see success from some of these guys that maybe have been knocked down a little bit or want to expand their game or just need a little bit more love in general of just nurturing and letting them go play. And so um, I'm here for that. And that for me is personal success at the end of the day when I can see Jared Weeks, a brand new father, be a great dad, have his wife here loving what he's doing. And at the end of the day, some people have disregarded him and come back and have a pretty good strong year this year and say, okay, I, I told you so I could do this. So there's little things to me that, that are very motivating for me. And those are the kind of things I look for personally. They're the guys you're going to be working with this year. You've worked with some incredible people over the course of your journey. Let's, let's start with Don Nelson, Hall of Fame yeah. coach, winningest coach in NBA history. What, what was he like to work with? You know, uh, I met Nelly many years ago in Dallas, and in 30 minutes, he offered me a three-year contract, and um, I've kind of been a second son to him. I've kind of been with him most of my career in the NBA, um, and then got to him at the end of his career, and, and when I went to Golden State, when we got Steph Curry, and and I lived with him that year in his house that entire year, so it was like coming home to your favorite professor in college and getting to pick his brain away from basketball, and I would sit there in the evenings and smoke cigars with him and talk about the games and it was an incredible last year and making him the winningest coach in NBA history and the great thing about Nelly was um, he didn't put a lot of pressure on you he let you do your work he was extremely creative uh, he was fearless uh, in how he approached things uh, he's just a tremendous guy to be around and he was a player's coach and, and guys loved playing for him and when uh, I think players love playing for a coach um, that's a huge factor in the overall scheme of things and everywhere that Nelly's been players love playing for him. And, um, yeah, an invaluable experience at my age. I got, he invited me to the hall of fame when he went and got inducted and uh, called my name out on stage and got the trophy, um, with him with a photo. And, um, he's been quite the guy to be around and, uh, yeah, he's a big mentor of mine. My assistants there, uh, deserve a lot of credit. Uh, certainly Larry Riley. Key Smart, uh, Stephen Silas, Russ Turner, most of them are here tonight, Scott Roth, great young talent. Most of those guys have gone on and become head coaches and have already been successful in their, in their uh, time in the NBA. We're going to see some Nelly Bowl this season? You know, um, I've said this before, you know, I'll, I'll play five small guys in a minute. Uh, I don't care about size. I care about guys playing unselfish. I love versatile players. I'll play five guards and you'll probably see playing us five guards. Jack McBay, undersized five man. Could be. <laughs> what about Dirk, Nash, a young Pau Gasol, a young Steph Curry? What, 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 what's it been like working with these just uh, yeah. all time great, historically great players? Yeah. I mean, uh, Dirk, I picked up at the airport in Dallas when he was, 18 or 19 year old when he first came in and that's the first day I met him and we couldn't believe what we had in our hands. And, um, Steve Nash, we got in the trade through some miracle, uh, to get him and Dirk in the same basically time frame. Um, 
tremendous guys, high level guys. Uh, the biggest thing I take away from all those guys are they're just incredible people. Like they come over for dinner. They're just normal at the end of the day. They love what they do. They've got great work ethic. Um, so I've been lucky to be around those two guys. And then I go on to Memphis and uh, I get Shane Battier and Powell Gasol the rookie year. And basically Powell gets the rookie of the year that year and work with him just about every single day. Um, and then obviously Mark, his younger brother's walking around, who's about 500 pounds at that point in his career when he was just a young whippersnapper. Uh, and so I was lucky to be in that environment, coach internationally. Um, and then just most recently, I had Christoph Porzingis in Seville. Um, and he's was a tremendous player at 17 and a half years old when I had him and Willie Hernandez Gomez in Seville. Both those guys got drafted the year I coached there. Uh, so I've been lucky to be around some very, very good bigs, uh, some really talented guys. But more importantly, I've been just blessed to be around a Steph Curry and just high character guys that you just you're always you're always for them. They're just they're just great people to be around. And, uh, yeah, it's just been I've been lucky. Listen, uh, I say this story all the time. The last time I worked was when I was 16 years old. I painted fire hydrants in my city for three months. That's all I did every single morning. I painted 70 fire hydrants for three months. That's the last time I got a check from somewhere else other than this orange ball that's taken me around the world. So I've been very, very blessed and very, very lucky and very humbled by that. Um, you talked about working with bigs there. Yeah. Can you give us a read on Joe Chi? Yeah, Joe Chi is going to be very good. Um, you know, obviously I worked uh, with Yao Ming twice and then this last uh, summer in the World Championships came over and took Gorjan's spot when he left uh, to be the associate head coach for the Chinese national team. So uh, I've known Joe from the NBA when he was there and then to have him again uh, with the national team. Very skilled, uh, a natural shot blocker, very, very good face-up shooter. Um, his English... I got a kick out of it that he said hello to all the Southeast fans in Chinese, but he can speak English very, very well. Ah. Uh, so he's kind of playing a little coy with somebody, but um, he's talented. I think he's going to be exciting for the league. Obviously he's going to bring in a, a lot of fans from China. They're just basketball crazy over there in general. And um, I think it's a very interesting move to have him come over here. And, and I was actually shocked that he got out of China in the first place. So, uh, c congratulations to them for getting them over here. And, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be a pleasant surprise and people enjoy watching them. Let's finish up with a message to the, uh, the Jack jumper fans. You've, like you said, you've been traveling all over Tassie the last, yeah. how long has it been? Four or five? Four or five months. Months. Yeah. 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 Um, rallying the troops. What is it? Um, uh, the, the March. Yeah. The March anticipation, the March. Yeah. Uh -huh. Getting yeah. people to join the March. Yeah, you're going to hear Happen some into the bloodlines there yeah. of Tassie basketball. What's your message to all the basketball-loving fans in Tasmania about the Jack Jumpers this season? Yeah, I think, you know, again, uh, every person I picked, I want to make sure that the state would be proud to have them in state and that they would represent this state very well, that they could go from the north to the south and be approachable and be able to be talked to and, and um, just be proud of the fact that these guys will play hard. They're great great human beings on top of that, that the bloodlines that I've created here in the last four months to integrate the old bloodline with this new bloodline of players that we have, that there's a pathway now and that the young kids that are around the state, there's something to watch, boys and girls, there's somewhere to go to actually go see a high level basketball game that's not only in Australia, but around the world now. And I think um, the fans here are, are stars for something like this. I think we got a, 
a unique window with the AFL kind of going through what they're going through. And I think um, Larry Kasselman did a fantastic job of busting the door open and taking advantage of the situation. And the place is a buzz. Um, we're going to play in a very small, very um, home courtish kind of arena. It's going to be about 4,500 to 5,000 people, brand new. And I think it could be a little pit um, and a place where people are not going to want to come play. And that's what we're hoping to turn it into. Awesome, mate. Well, looking forward to it. So excited to see the team up and about and you've yeah. got everyone on floor and now we just got to get to the start line, tip the ball off and see you guys go to work. So thanks heaps for the chat and yeah. good luck for the season ahead. We'll definitely stay in touch and I can't wait to get going. And uh, yeah, the NBL is on a great path and uh, the league should be really proud of themselves. Cheers, mate. Speak yeah. soon. Yeah.